What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talkings Podcast. I'm your host, Joey. And I am your host, Bobby. And today... Today, we got my man, Alex. Alex, a.k.a. Mr. White Boy. Straight from Colorado. Say what's up, white boy. <laughs> what's up, everybody? Thanks for having me on the podcast, y'all. Yes. White boy, have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever done a podcast before? I've done a few. Oh, in the past. What the? Hell? He's yeah. a veteran. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, the most recent one was Kyle Fincham's um, Infinite Play Behind the Movement podcast. Was, oh snap! That was like a super that. dope one. Check it out if you haven't. Behind the movement, it's a good it's a good podcast about moving and grooving, and doing moving it. Grooving. I kind of like how we're sitting on the floor right now. Yeah, Just stretch it out. Could use a good stretch. A little powwow. <laughs> B boy ciphering around the mic. Let's see. So, what brings you to Utah? Why did you decide to come to Utah? Man, you guys. <laughs> came for this podcast i knew it <laughs> i knew it no i mean i i come to utah to to hang out with you guys to hang out with the kings yes and, and do random things but and that's, the shows i mean or the, yeah, the assemblies the, the assemblies are cool but do we but. should talk about that <laughs> <laughs> so i guess for the people that don't know we have we have been selected uh, we are very grateful to basically go around, is it safe to say the state of Utah, pretty yeah. much, basically, around yeah. going around all these elementary schools and just, you know, giving people the rundown on just a, a brief summary of hip-hop and uh, our breaking culture and just giving a huge demonstration on the elements of the breaking culture. And anyway, so... Shout out to Artistic Resource for teachers and students. Yeah. Give it up. Give it up. (laughs) Very, very blessed for the opportunity. Very great. But oh my gosh, dude. I don't think I'll ever pick a kid again. (laughs) (laughs) I picked one kid. Because, Bobby, you were on the mic and you said, all right, everyone just, you guys pick one kid. So it was like four of us, right? We had to pick one. So I picked one kid. I think his name was like Miles or something. And I don't know how old he was, but he's very young. Had glasses, nerdy glasses, picked him. Like, let's do this thing. He was the first one to go out, dude. And he freaking rolls down, hits so hard on the freaking ground. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I saw the whole thing, and I feel like he didn't really hit his head. He hit more of his shoulder. But I feel like he thought he hit his head because his glasses came off. You know what I mean? Because that's why he, like, hit the floor, (laughs) ran around in a circle for a couple of seconds, and then he stopped, and then was on his, like hands and knees and he like holds his hand on his head and he's like starts crying and freaks out and screams i I was in such shock i was like all right i'm done picking kids because i mean and the funny thing was we were just talking in the car before about like how one of the principals had said like that we need to to announce like that we're professionals and that they shouldn't be trying the moves or else they're gonna like hurt themselves but i think like that's a really interesting topic of like how much autonomy do you give kids when it comes to like crazy stuff like breaking and like how much do you protect them versus how much do you let them like learn from 
from their movement and their mistakes. I blame the parents. Teach your kids some common sense, <laughs> goddammit. Oh it's not my responsibility. <laughs> I'm just out here doing me. Clay's a savage <laughs> over here right now. I, I agree. I, there's a very fine line. You don't want... You, you want them to be able to do whatever they want, and you don't wish them to get hurt. But if they get hurt, it's kind of a natural consequence. Yeah, we've and all if they there. get hurt, you don't want them to be paralyzed. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's okay to scrape your knees and bruise and bump your head, but I just don't expect a kid to, you know, like throw a backflip when they've never done it before in their life. But they get so hype, they're like, ah, "You guys can do it. I can do it too." <laughs> but like, but I've also I've never seen a kid like do something like real dumb. Like, I've seen kids do stuff where it's like, oh, they hurt. You was know, that the that, dumbest thing you saw a couple days ago? That, that might have been. That's one of the dumbest <laughs> things I've seen. <laughs> like, he just straight Way to pick it, jumped. He just jumped on his shoulder. Like, but, but like, I've seen adults do way more dumb stuff than kids. Oh, yeah. Because they're like, I used to be able to do this. But I think kids, like, like I think it, it kind of comes back to, to, like, play culture. And, like, that's why play is so important. And, and that's something that... Like Rafe Kelly talks about in his podcast, which is Evolve, Move, Play, and it's it's about like play culture and how you know we we learn to move because we play games with other kids and like you see yeah. it in in humans and animals and like it's actually really important to play games and to move with people because then you start to like test boundaries and I think like in some ways totally. breaking or like these other you could call them like martial arts or movement arts or you know even sports like it's like it's kind of like playing but like the the other kids are just like the game itself or like your body even and figuring out like what your body can do and I think if we if we like isolate kids from that then that's when things can get really bad it's like if you isolate kids from play you get bullying if you isolate kids from trying new things with their bodies then maybe one day they like have the freedom to try something and then they just like jump on their face or something like <laughs> it's crazy like yesterday <laughs> like yesterday didn't, a, didn't well, another kid call you haggard oh god you want to tell that story too? you can yeah, tell that you, story <laughs> white boy over here got the lucky card you got called thor and then i mean my man looks like thor he does look like thor no doubt and then i get called hagrid from harry potter <laughs> well this like dude's got like the big like, puff like big old jacket on <laughs> looking like as wide as a school bus oh, yeah. with the beard <laughs> and like Looking, looking all, all big and Hagrid, and then of course that's gonna that's happen. True. I don't, I don't, I don't blame her. I like Hagrid. You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, <laughs> But out of all the things, I was like, Hagrid, like, oh my I mean, god, it's like so random. That's pretty creative. Like, it's kids, amazing. kids are savage these days. Like, they can just come up with stuff like that. They just like free associate, and they're just like, boom. <laughs> and then you're done you're like Kids, what do, how do I come back from that they're all obsessed with flips too do a flip do a flip <laughs> can you do that was a new one for me they were like can you do a backflip and then you were like Kicks is like no and then they're like can can anyone do a wall flip 
And then we all look, it's like a, it's like a concrete ass floor, right? Like, hella hard. And, and then I thought about it. Yeah. I like, I, I, thought about it. I was like, I was like, it's not worth it for this punk kid. And then, and then this kid's like, can you do 10 backflips? <laughs> We're like, yeah, but no. I like your answer, Bobby. Uh, can you run around the building seven times? And the kid's like, no, like, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. why would I do yeah, that? Yeah, why? Exactly. Well, just because you can doesn't mean you want to. <laughs> that's, that's the best thing. Those assemblies are fun, though. I oh. do, uh, do enjoy them. It's pretty cool. Dude, today, white boy picked quite the... <laughs> Yo, that kid killed it. This kid oh, went sorry. out and just killed it. And at the end, I mean, he topped it off. He went into the splits, half splits, <laughs> put his maybe, hands maybe down. Maybe quarter splits. Yeah, he put his hands down and just screamed. Ah! That's it? No, he went out and did a full round. Oh, but his ending was a like, split? He did like three full rounds. Like yeah. we, were, we were kept on like, all right, all right, you're good. Oh, Go back. Five, and kind of back. four. And then, and then he like ended with the, the freaking Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so good. I'm going to do my round, my next round. When I battle with Kid Boo on the 23rd. That's going to be the end of my round. <laughs> Just splits and scream? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a war cry. I couldn't tell if he was in pain or he was I like doing it on I really couldn't. I was watching him after like, is he limping? Is he cool? Did he like tear something? But he seemed pretty chill. He walked off like he was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie. I thought he was the shit. <laughs> Respect. 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 These kids nowadays, man, they're... They're crazy. They are pretty crazy. Anyways. Kids are fun, though. So, let's talk about some more about you, white boy. You, you've traveled <laughs> quite a bit in your breaking career. I'd say a bit. Maybe. I'm not quite yet. Just a bit. Just a bit. Okay. <laughs> what was your most favorite place that you traveled to and why? Oh, man. I mean, this is kind of a lame answer, but I always think it depends, like, what what you're looking for because there's places I've gone and like thought that oh this is like the most awesome place ever but maybe that was just in that moment but then there's other places that I've gone and I haven't really appreciated it in the moment but then I've gone back at a different moment and been like yo this is the illest place ever so it's kind of like you know if we're talking about breaking like where's like where are some really dope places to go if you're like looking to break um, that's one thing and, and a lot of times honestly like that ends up being the big cities because they're like these hubs for breaking so like like Vienna is like a really dope city for breaking there's like so many awesome breakers there in, in awesome spots Berlin we had like some crazy practices with with the guys from from flying steps and, and there's just badass. so many crews out there like it's just such a big city did you meet Lil Amok? Um, I met Lil Amok oh. actually we met Lil Amok in um, in northern Germany we were at a jam out there and, and we we went to the jam because he was judging and I wanted to meet him oh, <laughs> and then I met him and I was like yo I came to this jam to meet you and he was, <laughs> and he was super dope too he was super like oh, hype about it he was like that's yeah, awesome bro um wasn't he like one of your biggest inspirations for a oh, while? Yeah. Dude, he was he still is a big inspiration for me. He's just like I mean, there's some there's some like famous breakers that you meet and you're kinda like 
a little bit bummed out when you meet them. You're like, oh man, because their ass person's head is bigger than their body. But but he was the opposite of that. He was super down to earth. Like he That's even like ass. yeah he he just like asked like where I was from like like how long I've been breaking for like he was and he ciphered with us like it was it was super genuine and like it's just really cool to meet people like yeah. that and and to see how he was interacting with the rest of the scene like he was he said what's up to everyone at the jam like That's like he awesome. was just like going around saying what's up like you could tell he really like knew everyone in the scene mm-hmm. which is like that's really inspiring for me that he's not like an island like he like interacts with everyone and i don't know it was i mean i only met the guy for like one jam but my experience was like super good um and like all those big cities i mean london like the practice spots out there they're just so crazy um going to like in holland going to eindhoven and like the ruggeds are there and like practicing with those guys it's just like they're so next level um yeah i mean i've kind of found that like if you want to train like go to a big city and have some connection with someone right and then ask them like where the spots are and like anyone who lives there like Mm -hmm. they're gonna know right away where the spots are um but that's not always why we travel you know like yeah often that's not why like it's cool to go and practice but also it's like you can you can also practice at home and like if you're traveling like it's also cool to go to places for like nature um like one of the dopest events we went to was um in salzburg in austria and it was i think that was circle industry and that jam was super dope but it was also so dope because salzburg is just such a beautiful place like that's where they shot um the sound of music and it's just like oh yeah so beautiful and so epic um and that was like you know it's like i always tell people like if you're gonna go to a jam like go for multiple reasons because the jam could be whack yeah like if you just flew across the world for whack jam and that's the only reason you went like that sucks you know and i think it's like you're always going to meet people and like have experiences which is cool but also like have another plan of like all right we're going to see this place we're going to go to this castle we're going to you know like explore this country like doing something else besides just the jam because then like if the jam's dope that's awesome like you have a great time and you still get to do that thing if the jam's whack you didn't just like waste a whole trip across the world to like (laughs) go to a whack event and i think also like sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to perform if that's like the only thing that you're there for it's like oh i gotta battle i gotta make it past prelims i gotta you know make it like to the to the top eight or whatever and then if you don't you're so crushed because you're like i just spent a thousand dollars on this trip and like I got eliminated first round and it's just like but if you and I think we do I do better if it's not that high stakes mm-hmm. like if I'm just chilling and like vibing out having fun no pressure then like I do better anyways so I think like yeah I mean having other reasons for going places when you're going to jams is like really cool um, and then for me like personally of course like the the coast like going to the beaches like northern northern spain like the basque country like southern france i mean indonesia like just these places with like beautiful beaches and stuff are like so awesome just for surfing and hanging out and like the vibes um and honestly like when it comes to just chilling and like the people 
I found that like going to developing countries is so awesome. Like even being in like, like if you go to even like Central America, like there's just, it's such a raw vibe down there. Like spending time living in Mexico, like it's just like in, in Mexico and Colombia and Costa Rica, like the breakers are so raw and so down to earth. It's just like, there's no, I mean, sure. There's always drama, but like, it's so much more like upfront and like, they're just down to like kick it. And like, they're all hardcore motherfuckers and like, Hell yeah. and, and it's just like cool. And like, like you show up to practice and like everyone's there to like train and get down because like everyone has a million things that they could be doing and maybe should be doing, but like they're there to like release all that, <laughs> all yeah. that life into the dance floor and like and then just like chilling with those people like you know taking the bus or going to some crazy grungy practice spot and just like even in like morocco like just these crazy practice spots that like you would never even think you could break at and that's like their everyday like everyday practice spot and they're doing like crazy shit on these like nasty floors and you're just like i was gonna say like dirt like dirt floor (laughs) basically like just like like next to the camel parking like there was this spot in morocco where we we train (laughs) and it it was right next to like where they literally parked the camels overnight (laughs) and you really you would like hear the camels and like and it was just like but it was super dope because it's just like what they had and 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 they're so nasty too like these breakers are just like they don't need like a wood floor they have they have like, you know. Is that why dirt. they all have great air power? <laughs> no, for real. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of times, like they don't even have head spin beanies. They don't even have like the gear that we have. Mm. So like they're all just throwing air flares. <laughs> Cause, Damn. Because they don't have that. We're bougie. We're, we're we complain bougie. about like yeah. a, a sl- too slippery or too sticky yeah. hardwood <laughs> I floor do in about a the floor warm all the heated time. studio. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, and they're practicing with like a little pocket speaker, you know? Yeah. Like. That's amazing. That that's crazy. Be thankful for what you got, right? <laughs> yeah, because it could always be worse. <laughs> True that. Um, what was your like least favorite trip or like place to go to? <laughs> Yo, straight up, this is kind of funny because I've heard so many people say that they that they like Copenhagen, but when we went to the Floor Wars finals in Copenhagen. I hated that. Really? City. The floor wars? Yeah. The jam was dope. But the city was like Ugh, I, I really didn't like it. And like, granted we didn't know anybody there, so we were kinda of doing the like, you know, seat of our pants tourist thing, but it was like I felt like it just was not a welcoming city at all. Like it was super expensive. Mm-hmm. Like we felt like it wasn't easy to to get around. Like people were I don't know. It, it didn't feel very welcoming, but we were only there for like three days. But still, I just remember being like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to, to Copenhagen because it felt so like gnarly. Interesting. Hmm. But that jam was really dope. Like, shit. That's good to know. <laughs> I was going to be heartbroken yeah, if that jam was pretty well. Yeah, no, no. Floor Wars is like really dope. We went to one of the qualifiers in in Hanover and then we went to the finals and like dang that was it was a good jam hmm interesting that's badass that is badass 
Okay. Well, what is your goal with breaking? Oh man. Does that, yeah, does that always change? Has it always stayed the same like when you started? Man, I mean, right now it's it's trying to make the Olympic team. That's like my my main focus right now and just like putting in the the hours and the training and the work to like make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been like an, a really interesting journey already because it just like has shown these massive gaps in my breaking um okay and feeling like there's just so much work to do it 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 almost seems impossible like it almost seems like there's just way too much work to do but because i think it's just such a huge opportunity like i I do feel like it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and like now is like the perfect moment Mm -hmm. for me to go for that but it, it still feels like it's almost completely out of reach because like I've seen the level, you know, like yeah, yeah, not not even the level internationally, but even the level like here in the states, and it's like it's way higher than me, and I think it's just like it's it's cool to recognize that and very humbling, but also I think like it's not untouchable, and I think like honestly, if I lived in <laughs> This might be a little controversial, but if I lived in like Japan or if I lived in mm-hmm. Russia, I might not even go for it because I feel like the level in those places is so high that yeah. I would not even have a chance. Right. <laughs> but living here, like there's some definite heads here, especially like some of the people who have been like at the forefront, like like Vic, right? Like such a incredible competitor and like so high level um and also like i think we can probably everyone can agree that he's like the top of the game in the u.s yeah so right. if you can if you can get close to that level then you have a chance that's just crazy because he literally has like every power move down and <laughs> right. just crazy transition infinite high stamina flow, infinite flow just like yeah but but it's like that it's a high mountain to climb, but like I can see the top. Whereas like I feel like in like you watch some of these these battles in in Russia or Japan and it's just like people who you'd never heard of mm-hmm. and you're just like, Oh my god. <laughs> you're you're right? incredible. Like you're freaking like watching some of these Red Bull ciphers right now, like <clears throat> the the <clears throat> Japan Red Bull cipher or the Red Bull Cipher Holland or the um, breaking for gold in Russia that it's just like the level of just people you've never even heard of Kazakhstan it's just like what the hell and why is that why why do you think they've gotten so good do you think they've had like mentors like people that were obviously way better than them that helped them get to that level or do you think they got there by themselves maybe more opportunity or yeah maybe they wanted it more I don't know I don't know I guess there could be a lot of reasons right but I mean, it's tricky, and, like, I don't want to be disparaging to, like, the U.S. scene. Like, like we definitely have a lot of heads here, and, like, there's definitely people out there who I've never heard of who will smoke me all day. Um, but I do think that, I mean, like, if you look at Japan, like, I, I think you become a product of your environment, and I think that's why these big mm-hmm. cities have such strong scenes is because you have these generations and you have teachers. And, like, we've all seen, like, like how long it took us to get a move versus how long it takes when we teach a student. Right. It's like 
I mean, it took me three years to get windmills, and I can... Three years to get windmills? <laughs> yeah. Really? And I can, like, what? almost guarantee that... And this was training every day. Like, I, it took me three years training every day. If, if I'm training with a student every day, like, guarantee they're going to have windmills in six months. Like, no, oh, easy, no yeah. question. I mean, most students don't train every day, but if you imagine, like, if you're in somewhere like like Osaka or Tokyo and you're, you know, training every day and you have mentors who have been doing this for 20 years and are already at the top yeah, and they're mentoring you, like, you're just going to get so good so fast. And even being around those people and, like, seeing what they do, I feel like by seeing someone do that stuff, your your mind starts to condition you to be able to do it because it's just you see it and it's like oh that's possible right it's like when when they broke the four minute mile it was like seen as impossible and someone broke it and then like 20 other people broke it right in here yeah that's crazy i mean even i used to live in california and we practiced at this place called homeland and i just remember going there and all these people like i'd see frankie flav rob zilla like all these older school cats there, but you, everybody, almost everybody there could do continuous air tracks and like <laughs> multiple power combos. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and you come here, like no offense to Salt Lake, but, or Utah in general, there's like three people that can do air tracks out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like you're saying, if more people than not can do it, it's probably more likely that you're going to create a whole army of people being able to do those same moves. Yeah. You know, and especially kids, kids are like sponges. They just mm-hmm. absorb things so fast and they learn things fast. It's crazy. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Do you think that, I mean, let's say like somebody with like your, your caliber and your goals, should you train every day? Do you think you mm-hmm. need to be able to train every single day? Um, I guess I'll give you a trick answer, which is yes, but sometimes not training is the most important training. <laughs> Whoa, um, I agree. Because I, I do think that like rest days are critical, and we have to look at those as training. Like you can't, you can't. It, like I, I made this mistake for so long where mm-hmm. I thought like taking a rest day was like that was like weakness. That was like oh I'm like yeah. I'm like not training, but actually like sometimes it's way harder to rest like we all know this if you get injured you can't go to practice because you're going to practice right it's way harder to not practice than to practice and i think sometimes like prioritizing like like functional rest and functional recovery that's like harder than just going to practice and like i mean it it comes down to like are you practicing hard are you practicing smart and like and your body like i mean it's just a fact like your body needs time to recover and that's when your muscles develop and if you don't give it that time then your muscles are going to just continue to not develop and Mm. even at some point start to like degrade and and most people don't get to that point because overtraining is like (laughs) kind of a myth but i mean especially like with some of the crazy stuff that we're doing like specific body parts like they just need time to recover and to like integrate and if you don't give it that time then I feel like you're you're shooting yourself in the foot for sure. Totally. I like that answer. So how often, how many hours a week do you think you train? 
So the last like six months or so, um, we've been doing basically 20 hours a week of like Damn. training type stuff. So whether that's like part time that, job, that's cross training and that's breaking. So that's like um, Julio and I like Julio's been like my training partner. Like we've been we've been doing sprints. We'll we'll do like sauna recovery sessions. Um, we do like specific breaking practices. We'll do like outdoor like different movement mobility stuff we take like functional range conditioning class for mobility we'll do like active recovery stuff um i take class at ape cone boulder which is like a movement culture gym Mm -hmm. um and then do just like different different cross training during the week um now like i feel my body's like pretty I'd say my body's like 80% to where I want it to be strength wise. Um, but my dance is maybe only 50% where I want it to be. So now I'm shifting my training into less cross training and more just like putting in the hours and like training the dance. Right. Because I feel like that's where my bigger gaps are now. And like my body's kind of ahead of my breaking. Um, so now I'm focusing more on like just doing the thing and and trying to make probably like 16 out of those 20 hours is like in the studio like for sure breaking that's amazing and did you step it up since you were trying to train for the olympics oh yeah so much so much more um and and stepping it up also in in terms of like just having that like recovery time um and having time to like not be doing things that's something um i have a good friend who's a ultra marathon runner and he just ran the leadville 100 which is a 100 mile trail run and oh my god leadville which is like one of the highest elevation cities in north america and that sounds freaking and i brutal. think i think he said he was on his feet for like 26 hours oh for that race oh um, my god and i i was asking him like you know how do you recover like because he was training like think he was training like leading up to the race 50 miles a week or something like and just like so much (laughs) training yeah and he was saying that one of the most important parts for his recovery is just like having time where you're just not doing anything you're just like hanging out socializing chilling like just not even thinking about it not 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 even like doing computer stuff like not even emailing not even like doing client work, not doing like he's a he's a body worker, like like not doing any of that that's gonna put any stress on your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Just straight up like kicking it. He was like, that's Whoa. so critical for recovery for him. And I thought that was really insightful. And I've noticed that with me as well because like like my whole MO for the last <laughs> I don't know, fifteen years of being an adult has been like always doing you know like whether it's like running a business starting a new business running the studio training teaching you know doing learning something doing like whatever it is like always doing but i think that also like that can inhibit recovery because Mm -hmm. you're always on like your nervous system is always on and it never unless you're sleeping which is the whole nother ball game right now um like you're never having a chance to fully like recover um so i think that's like really insightful too is like it's not just like because anyone can say all right i'm gonna take 20 hours out of my week just to train like that's a lot of time but it's not that much but i think 
it's really hard to recover if you stack that on top of your full-time job and yeah. all of your other commitments because right. then you're going to be taking away that chill time and using it for training and then you're just going to get so burnt out physically and mentally so i think it's actually like it's a lot more than what the time in the studio or in the gym looks like it's like that plus you have to stack on like that intentional recovery time where you're just kicking it damn yeah recovery time is very important especially as you get older (laughs) and sleep like everyone in colorado who knows me like they're so sick of me talking about sleep because it's just so important freaking important and like there's this book called why we sleep which like i highly recommend it's like probably my number one book of this year really read a lot of books this Hmm. year but I mean, it, it just like, it just breaks down like how sleep is so important for every system in the body. And it's like evolutionarily, it doesn't make any sense because it's like, oh, we're going to be in a, a dormant state for a third of your life where you can be attacked from all sides by predators. And like, that doesn't make any sense unless it's super important. Right. So sleep is like, so vital that every single animal like on earth still does it after millions of years of evolution and basically the author of the book is like yeah like if it's if we're still doing it it must be so important and humans are the only animal that intentionally limit their sleep and i think that's one reason that we see such a like decline in human performance is because like uh-huh. We're, we're limiting our sleep so much. We're limiting our cycles. We're limiting our rhythms so much. And like, I always was like, yeah, if I get eight hours of sleep, like I'll be good to go. But it's so different for every person. Mm-hmm. And that's like, for me, that's like a bare minimum. And one thing that training this much has shown me is like, okay, you can dial in your nutrition. You can dial in your training. You can dial in your active recovery. But then like, if you don't sleep like the right amount, I know right away, like I'll go to practice the next day and I could tell you like if I, if I like didn't know how much sleep I got the night before, based on my practice, I could tell you like, yeah, I slept less than 10 hours. I slept less than eight hours. I slept less than six hours. If I sleep less than six hours, I don't even go to practice because it's wow. just a waste of time. Interesting. That is very interesting. So you say you, you need at least 10 hours of sleep or so you like optimal at least. 10 hours of sleep for me. Like if I get 10 hours of sleep, I'll be ready. You do that all in one shot or just like you take naps? If I if I can, it's in one shot because that last REM cycle that you get is like super important for recovery. But if I have to, then I can take naps. But wow. like but I'll notice like like even today, it was like the last two nights I did not get enough sleep and just like taking a nap for like an hour and that my body's just like, whoa. It's like it's night and day. Interesting. That's stuff you don't really think about. I mean you do when you're in the moment when you're like, oh crap, I didn't get any sleep man. Uh-huh. last night. Yeah, clear that. You mucus. just what are you? Ugh, you okay? Yeah, making me sick. Limeade, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I gotta say. It's getting hot in here. Haggard. Haggard to you. Whatever. Didn't um, you know Junction have that Squid Game logo? Squid Game? Oh shit! It I is haven't seen game. that. <laughs> I, know, I I gotta watch it. Everyone's making a bunch of quotes from it. I haven't seen it yet. Anyways, that's funny. I yeah. I feel like 
I function better with less than eight hours of sleep, but more than six. Whoa, what? So between six and eight is when I get the best How interesting. Function. See, I definitely know I function a lot better if I get at least like eight hours of sleep, but that's hardly ever the case. I always get like around six or six and a half hours of sleep on weekdays. Weekends, I usually get eight. Yeah. I would say seven is probably the magic number for me. Because I went to work the other day after only getting like five and a half hours of sleep. I was so dead. And then we trained. I was like, oh, yep, I, I feel like yeah. shit. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I really think everyone should read this book. Like, it's it was I'm seriously it. mind-blowing for me. What's it called again? It's called Why We Sleep. Why We Sleep. And And like, it just had so many valid points in it that it just kept making me think over and over again like wow this like makes so much sense and there's so many factors too like one thing that he talks about a lot is the consistency and like going to sleep at the same time every night and like waking up at the same time every day and how important that is and that's just so hard especially like being breakers right yeah Yeah. i've had to shift a lot of my practices to be like during the day because usually the studio is not open till after nine and that's when people train but like if i need to go to bed at a, like if I need to be in bed, like eyes closed, sleep opportunity at eleven o'clock, then like practicing starting at nine doesn't work. Like it's not enough time. Right. So I've needed to like shift a lot of my practices just to be during the daytime, because wow. then it's like okay, I can be in bed at eleven and I can wake up ideally at nine. And like if I can hit that, like especially the week before jam, like or like a big week of training. Like, that's, like, number one priority. And almost everything else doesn't even matter compared to that. Like, sure, like, my nutrition's on lock. Like, that's super easy. Just, like, (laughs) do the same thing. It's all good. But, like, I feel like we sacrifice sleep so easily because it's so easy to just be like, oh, you guys are going to go to the movie? Yeah, I'm down. Oh, you guys want to play night games? Yeah, I'm down. Oh, I have to, like, work a a dance shift at Rosetta? Okay, I'll do it. But... It's that FOMO, man. But that... (laughs) that opportunity to like have that sleep like because everything else is so fine-tuned in my life I notice like immediately because before it was like there's so many variables like if you don't have your nutrition on lock you might be like oh I had a shitty practice because I ate too close to practice now it's like yo I know I can't eat within an hour of practice yeah. ever like I know I, I don't eat certain foods. I know, like, yeah. I like, pretty much eat, like, the same, like, Taco Bell. <laughs> Panda Express no, right Panda before Express. a battle. That's exactly like, oh, what I was going to say. God then, damn. And then we ate Taco Bell yesterday. Hell yeah, um, we did. Right but, after practice. <laughs> but, like, once you have, like, enough, like, there's so many variables. And once you dial those in, then you really notice how a variable like sleep affects you. And to me, that was so mind-blowing. And I tracked my sleep for three months using this, like, whoop, like, bracelet. And I could see, like, all all of the data. And it was super helpful because then it was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. My recovery is garbage. My resting heart rate is garbage. And I look at my sleep, it's like, oh, you had, you had bad sleep quality this week. And, like, yeah. it, it lines up perfectly. Interesting. Do scientists actually know why we sleep? Like, they, I've heard that they don't actually scientifically no <laughs> well but it kind of makes sense i guess basically like what it boiled down to like in this book was like we sleep because every single function in our entire body and every organ needs it to 
recover and and re regenerate its its thing that it does right mm-hmm. whether it's like our brain or our liver or our kidneys or like like all of these processes in our body like sleep does something like really crazy to our body whether it's like in the light cycle deep sleep cycle REM cycle like all these cycles just like I mean it just like washes your whole body with like all of this magical healing it's like the ultimate recovery setting it's like well that's why the human body goes like into a coma when it yeah is like really wounded you know what I mean well and when you first fall asleep like there's a moment when you first fall asleep that your entire body goes completely limp there's like a moment that happens and and that's like the the turn on of like okay now you're sleeping and now all this like magical shit starts happening have you ever heard of the guy i think he's from india who hasn't slept in like so many years no way there's a there there's a you study die. there's a study in the book years? about a guy who had a disease and he and he didn't sleep for like years or something and right. he, his body like he like it it killed him basically. Oh, did it kill him? But like, I'm I mean I'm sure there's other people with that kind of like disease. <laughs> you could probably have a heart attack. Yeah. Aneurysm. Well, they also like there's a guy that has you know fasted for uh-huh. years and years. He claims <laughs> that he's hasn't eaten any food. Yeah, he was just sneaking bugs. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. In twelve years, or showered, or you know, like all the crazy stuff. <laughs> like do you actually believe that i mean can you i'm pretty sure changa hasn't showered in 12 years so changa hey (laughs) my man shout out to changa i love that guy he's always in a good mood um how how did you get into breaking (laughs) what was that why do you guys do this Uh, (laughs) some kid today was like why do you guys do this? Why did you guys choose to break professionally? <laughs> is it hard? <laughs> yeah, it they, hard? they asked that. Bitch, get up there and do it. Like, <laughs> is it hard? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. The short answer is yes, it is hard. Okay, so your question was why, like, how did I yeah. get to it? Um, I mean, I, I actually, it's kind of funny. I, I saw a promo at a um, rec center when I was maybe like 10 years old. And... It was just like the dopest shit ever. Like I remember this guy that was spinning on his head and this mm-hmm. guy did a backflip and I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. But I thought it was like, I kind of thought it was like the circus, right? Like these guys were traveling through town. Yeah. I don't know. I was a kid, you know, I, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just thought it was dope, but it was like, but there was no, there was no like follow up on it. It wasn't like, and you can learn too. It was uh-huh. like. And we're awesome. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you are. You're really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it, was, it wasn't until like five years later that my dad found a flyer for a class and he like took a tab from the flyer and yeah. then like, and was like, hey, do you want to take a breakdancing class? And I didn't even know that was a thing until he did that. And I was like, you kidding me? Why didn't I do this five years ago? Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how I like got into it. Was seeing how old were you when you got into it? I was 15 when I started. 15? Yeah. Who was your teacher? Okay. Um, so I started with this this homie Epi, and I took his class for like, I don't know, maybe like three to six months. Like I, I used to go up to to the studio in like way, way south Denver, and then I used to go up to Boulder for his class. But then I went to this jam called Rockers Rumble, and I, and I saw Epi 
battling with these two other dudes. One of them was Chris, Chris Martin, and this other dude, I didn't know who he was. And I was like, yo, who's that Who's that other kid you battle with? And he was like, that's fate. He's a grown-ass man. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Grown-ass man. <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, he teaches at East High School in Denver. And I was like, the fuck? I go to East High School. So, so it turns out he was running a hip-hop club at my high school. And then I met fate. And oh, then yeah. he kind of became like my main teacher because he would pick me up from school like every day and we would just go practice that's badass yeah Yeah, breaking's the fountain of youth man dude for real yeah (laughs) which is crazy because we're always slamming our bodies in the ground too i know we're abusing the hell out of our bodies but we look young as shit that's true from the neck up (laughs) from the neck up yeah take my shirt off i look like i've been through war You just said we slam our I bodies. I was gonna vouch for you oh and just God. say your body looks great, like a at least a thirty-five-year-old man. No, I was yeah, joking, but, but at least you're like fit. Yeah, <laughs> you right. might have the scars, but I've fit. seen more than half of the other forty-year-olds out there, bro, and they look nothing like you. <laughs> nothing. I know we were at that assembly today, and that old woman. She's like, she's all, yeah. You guys are really good with talking to kids and I'm like yeah I have three and she's like what and I was like yeah and she's all wait how old are you you're like only 20 something aren't you I'm like no I'm 40 she's like she almost had a heart attack kind of felt bad she's like oh my god I, I thought it. you guys were like just fresh out of high school. I'm like, <laughs> no, that man's 31 they're all 26 and older it's like no we, we've We've basically given up our professional lives for this. Right. <laughs> we look good, but we're poor as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We've sacrificed everything. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, what was the thing I said in the, that kid's reaction? is like, what? Oh, I remember that. It was amazing. What the heck was that? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, no, I said... Oh, we were talking about breaking and or hip hop and oh, it was where New it was York. from. <laughs> and New York. kid, I always ask, just I get. I open it up to let kids answer that question, and usually they don't get it right, and they weren't getting it right. So I said, "No, it's New York." And this kid goes, "What?" Just <laughs> <laughs> mind blown. Like, just mind blown. It was so funny. Anyways, came out of Ireland. <laughs> Yo, I've had some funny answers, like kids saying stuff like, "It's like where where did hip hop start?" And they're like, they, "They say like, whatever, like my dad's basement, yeah, whatever like, comes to their <laughs> mind." Like, it's like no, like what, what did what did one kid say? One kid said something, and I was like, "In the back, that's really funny that." The back of the alley that. of a in the, Michael Jackson concert. I don't know. In the kitchen <laughs> of a Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> What if it did, dude? That'd be so crazy. A lot of kids will just throw out random countries. They'll be like, France, Italy, Spain. And you're like, no. There's no hope. You guys started it. (laughs) Yeah. You. you, Denver. (laughs) Yeah. Utah. Let's see. Um, What are your, like, greatest inspirations? Like, who who are you inspired by? Oh, man. Good question question no does that always change for you too oh yeah of course like with me it changes all the time um i mean i guess like easy answer is bruce lee 
<laughs> Hell yeah. Bruce Lee. Just his, like, philosophy and work ethic and always being, like, a student. But, but like, more close to home, like, especially these days. I mean, I've been just really inspired by people who are pushing and, like, really open-minded, like, open with their body for training, but also open with their mind for just, like, exploring and learning and growing. Um, and, 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 like, the the work that people do and how they they channel their passion through that work Mm -hmm. Um, so like yeah my friend Jackie um, in Salzburg he's like big inspiration for me like as a breaker also as like a community organizer leader like the theater work that he does the like the work he does like for the for his city and country it's just like super awesome and inspiring um like on a dance tip like i think link from paris like he's really inspiring too because he kind of like he's an incredible b-boy and he just he also just kind of goes his own way like he he's not trying to like be any sort of <laughs> way he's just doing his thing Interesting. and he's like so high level like so many skills but like doing his own path um and in terms of like teaching like sambo like with the battle droids like mm, just yeah. creating that army and like and i've been there and like seen the legwork that he puts in for those kids and like the funnels that he's created to, to build that and it's just like it's just incredible like it's it's not incredible because of all the work he's done but it's incredible that like he's put in that work for so many years <laughs> right yeah. so consistently those kids are amazing too yeah and, and it's just like just like anything like any breaker knows like there's nothing really incredible about like a head spin if you watch someone train it you're just like wow you're an idiot you just practice this for like a thousand hours of your life you're right? going bald <laughs> like yeah. like what are you doing like because because it's like not that impressive if you see how much time we put into it but it's just impressive at face value when right. you see it happen in the moment and then you're like oh my god that person's like a superhero mm-hmm. it's like no they just put in a lot of time and like did the did the thing um, and I mean right now like on in terms of like the competitive tip like I think definitely like Phil the wizard he's like really big Phil inspiration um, he's just like Philly I mean, cheesesteak <laughs> Philly cheesesteak man yeah like I <laughs> I've been doing his mentorship program and just seeing like the level of his training and commitment and passion for it is like it's kind of scary <laughs> because it's just like oh my god like it, it it takes that much you know like he puts in mm-hmm. that much work um, and that's it's just really inspiring and it also shows like not everyone can put in that much work, you know? Like, it's a choice. Like, Are you talking about, like, time? Yeah. Like, okay. time, training, cross-training, like, being in the lab, like, mm-hmm. having it on your brain, reviewing footage, like, just, like, every every day, like, every moment. Like, it's Gotta just, be like, almost obsessed with it. Oh, yeah. And, like, not everyone wants that or, or cares enough to do that. And, like, that's okay, like... I think that's a big thing for me too is like you know if you want it like do it but if you don't want it like that's okay too like if 
if you're like, yeah, like I want to do other stuff. I want to like make money or <laughs> like, you know, travel or do other things like word, but yeah. realize that at the end of the day, like if you're trying to be competitive, you're going to be competing with people who are obsessed like that. And if you want to be a competitor, like that's my game right now. It's like, how can you become obsessed? <laughs> because right. if you're not, it's not, it's just not fair to those people to think that you can compete with them if you're not obsessed because like you know that those guys and those girls are like training that much that's insane have you ever had a moment where you're just like all right that's too much i'm gonna quit like most days (laughs) i can't i can't be on instagram for too long i watch these crazy ass videos from just oh yeah thousands of people and they just I don't know, the bar is so damn high. Like, I, mm. I thought I've seen it all. And then you go on Instagram, and there's, like, some weird... One-arm air flare to I know, someone spinning on their fucking <laughs> right. chin alone. Like, I don't know. It's just crazy-ass shit. Yeah, their forehead. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. It's kind of heartbreaking, honestly. It, like, totally crushed my dreams. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. Maybe I gotta go a different route. I don't know if I could do this. Well, yeah, I think, like, what you're saying white boy is you kind of have to be obsessed not kind of you do have to be obsessed to make it Mm -hmm. especially when you're competing against people from around the world who train like eight hours a freaking day every day yeah because it's like a career you know what i mean so it that's interesting that's funny like is it is it worth it you know like that's exactly you're asking right you're one injury away from like just ending (laughs) everything for yourself and i I think like to me that's where like the journey comes in because if the journey's not worth it then you're right like all it takes is an injury and then you could be you could be so close to like olympic trials and then you hurt your wrist yep and then it's over like you're not gonna you're not gonna make it but but you can't look back and be like it wasn't worth it because if the journey's not there if you don't find passion in that then it, then i think you're wasting your time because like you could just get hit by a bus tomorrow totally like there's, there's yeah. no destination yeah like and i think for me that's like that comes from like the the students who i'm able to teach and share with and like inspire or even like the promos today and like seeing the joy on the kids faces yeah of just being like oh my god that guy's spinning on his face what <laughs> like those moments How did he are do it? those are so important because like i don't think you can really i don't think it's healthy to just be in the lab for your whole training life because oh, no. that's not like that's not a good journey that's just you alone doing job. weird shit with your body <laughs> yeah it's but, like a job it ends up becoming a job that nobody yeah. likes a job <laughs> like so if you can get if you can get out if you can get in front of kids or in front of adult students and in front of people and share that journey with them a little bit and then see and then bring joy to people or bring inspiration to people then it becomes more accessible and like i'm noticing that too as like a like we you call it like a flow trigger right so yeah. like you can you can trigger flow in yourself but a lot of that's a mental game too and for me it's like sometimes the most motivating thing i can do at a jam 
like if I'm at a jam and I feel like beat, like the most motivating thing I can do is like go talk to someone. Right. And just like have a conversation and like say what's up and meet someone new. And then I can feel like a level of rejuvenation. And sometimes I feel that way with training. I'm like, yo, why am I doing this? Like I'm beat. I'm exhausted. It's been 10 hours this week. Like I suck. My wrist is injured. My back's injured. I hate everyone. But then it's like, okay, like I need to go do a performance or I need to teach a class or I need to like just go work with a student because then they'll start to like inspire me back and then I'll remember like why am I doing this because if I'm in isolation like there's no way my my mental game isn't strong enough to do it in isolation oh yeah my I'm not one of those kind of people either I need people or like coming out here you know and like training with you guys like that's also like huge motivation right not only because I see like the growth that you guys have but it holds me to the standard of being like all right, I have to show my growth, you know? And like, right. I That's so crazy because like, I can only speak for myself. When you come here, it's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I don't want to show this guy I've been lazy. I got to show white boy I've been on my, my game, bro. Well, it's true. Like, but, like yeah. that's why going to jams is so dope, too, because cause then you kind of do get to show where you're at. And if you're not at where you thought you were at, mm. then you go home and you're like, all right. It's like a test. <laughs> yeah. Do I quit now or yeah. do I keep pushing forward? Exactly. Yeah. How interesting. Okay, well, let's how do you how do you train? Let's say like let's go through like a whole week for mm-hmm. you and then just kind of explain training in a whole week. What's that look like for you? Mm-hmm. Damn. Like so an I, example. Yeah, it's like if there, do you have like a specific day where you're like I'm just going to just drill one power move or you just kind of mm-hmm. like do rounds? Oh, that's a good question. Um this has changed a lot okay. in the last six months and even in the last like three weeks for me um, because like I said before I was really focused on like the physicality and getting my body more ready right. and now I feel like I feel like I'm closer to that than I am to where I want to be with my dance so now my my training has shifted a lot from that physicality yeah um, I also I'm trying to think of which book it was i i spend a lot of time reading about this type of stuff too so it was either there's a book called the art of impossible which is a really dope book um that basically talks about flow states and how important it is for us as creatives to use those as tools um and then there's another book called the art of learning um and in one of those books, they're both like phenomenal and have been inspiring for me with training. In one of those books, um, the author talks about there's a study done on like gymnastics team around, I think it was The Art of Impossible, around um, what their practices should look like in terms of which skills they're working on and for how long to get the best results. And they had, they had session-based results and then they had skill-based results. So like a session-based result would be like, how much better did you improve at this skill over this specific, or over this one practice? Mm-hmm. And the skill-based result is how much better did you get at that skill over the course of multiple practices? Okay. And there was like some really interesting data that came out of that, basically saying that if you had, a, if you had someone practice a single skill for the whole practice, 
or even like a few different skills, but like in segments, like, okay, first they're gonna do floor, then they're gonna do rings, then they're gonna do beam. If you just had them do that and practice each one section, they would grow like a lot in that single practice, but they wouldn't grow as much in terms of the skill over multiple practices. But if you had people, if you basically had them practicing three to five different skills, mm-hmm. but three to five different times during this practice session. So like, let's say they would do floor, beam, rings, floor, beam, rings, floor, beam, rings. Then they had a lower result for growth in that single practice, but a higher, a much higher, significantly higher growth in that skill over the course of multiple practices. And the idea behind it was like your brain, when you leave a practice, your it gets stored into short-term memory. When you come back to it, you're recalling it from short-term memory. And that recall is actually strengthening the connection to that short-term memory, which is going to help it get put into long-term memory when you sleep. Shit. Oh, God. So then... It's all being tied together. (laughs) So then from these studies, they started seeing how important it is for us to come back to things um, because those are the things that are going to strengthen the long-term associations within our brain. So that's been like really heavy on my mind with you know the way I practice so like yeah like right now during the week like I'll do like in terms of cross training I'll do like I usually take one FRC class which is functional range conditioning which is like an hour long of basically like working on like learning new stretches and doing a lot of like isometric stretching and then I'll do one like movement class at APCO which is like a two-hour class of doing like basic body weight strength hanging locomotion type stuff and and learning new movements new drills new patterns um and then i'll do we have like a two-hour morning session that we do called man Mm -hmm. funk we just play like crazy ass games and like did you say man funk man funk hell yeah (laughs) and this is really inspired by like kyle fincham and his infinite play and basically it's like it's just like going it's like playing tag yeah it's like playing contact sports it's like grappling it's like it's like full-on like like game time and just like <laughs> adult play and just like basically bear cubs just kicking each other's ass yeah yeah exactly it's it's just kicking each other's asses um <laughs> and and that's that's been like really awesome in itself just in terms of like stamina agility mm-hmm. knowing my body um and then so that's kind of all the cross training that i've been doing and then like outside of that it's just like in the lab um so when i'm at practice like like usually i'll do like a if i'm doing like a full day i'll do like a some sort of practice in the morning some sort of practice in the evening so maybe it's like like on tuesdays we have a noon to two o'clock practice okay and then we'll have like a later in the evening 8 30 practice or i'll i'll just train at my house um because there's also there's also a balance between like training with people and like because you know how that goes like you get the adrenaline you're showing off you're doing your thing but also like maybe it's not as focused maybe it's not as technical maybe what i really need to work on is footwork patterns and transitions but what i'm doing at practice is power right it's like everyone gets hype on that right um so so maybe it's like okay going to practice having that two hour window and and figuring out okay these are like 
five things that I really need to work on. Um, right now for me, that's like, that's go downs and, and go ups. So like okay. getting down from my top rocks to my footwork, getting back up. Um, specific footwork patterns and footwork steps. Cause like, I feel like my footwork vocabulary is total garbage. Um, transitions from footwork to power and back. Um, like a specific power move that I'm working on. So like right now it's like handcuff munch mills, like just locking that move in, just being like, All right, I'm going to practice that move three to five times at different parts of this practice. So again, I'm doing it, going away, coming back, doing it, going away, coming back, doing it, going away, coming back. And then some level of like fundamentals work of like, okay, I need to work on my elbow hops. I need to work on my nineties. I need to work on my two thousands. I need to work on my you know, just like fundamentals, basics, that's going to help me get to, you know, the next level of whatever I'm doing, elbow air flares or elbow yeah. spins or any of that stuff. Um, and, and that's like, that's pretty much the formula. Even if I'm home, I'll still like pretty much do that exact structure. And then that's like probably five days out of the week is like that formula. And then one day maybe is like okay maybe it's just one practice and then having a rest day and the rest day is like again that's maybe that's the most important day of the week and it's like intentional functional rest it's not like just doing nothing yeah it's not just like sitting on the couch and watching tv it's like okay i'm gonna like go for a walk yeah go for a walk go you know go for like a simple easy hike Mm. you know get out and like socialize do you know, do something interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe get a massage, like, like those types of things that are, or get acupuncture, like, and then after that massage or acupuncture, like taking it easy, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like going and doing a Epsom salt bath, you know, like mm-hmm. things that are like highly intentional and telling your body like, yo, this day is like for you. And like, I'm going to like take care of you and not just veg out and like, be a piece of shit, you know? Potato yeah. chips and Cause, drink soda. Right, exactly. Because cause <laughs> that, that day is training. And that, that's been a mental shift for me that's been really important is saying, like, yo, like, no, this isn't a bullshit day. This is maybe the most important day. Because I put in all six days of this work, and if I slack on it today, if I slack on my sleep, then all that work, like, I might as well just flush it down the toilet. Like, right. I remember my friend Jesse Stenslin. She's, like, one of the strongest people I've ever known. She was a pro triathlete for, like, many years. And one thing she told me that stuck with me so much was, like, she said if she had slept through half of her practices, she might have been a better athlete. Because she was not getting enough sleep for her body to recover. So a lot of that work she was putting in was just going down the drain. Fuck. (laughs) And I'm just like, that's not going to be me. Yeah. Interesting. That is crazy. So... You've read a lot of books on flow state and stuff. Have you heard of Stealing Fire? Mm-hmm. So same, let's see, same author as, oh, what was the other book? Yeah, I, I've read it. That's such a good book. Yeah. I love that book. That was one of my, that was my favorite book of 2020 yeah. that I read. But anyways, they talk about like Marines working as a unit mm-hmm. and like a crew as a unit. And you can definitely tell when a crew has been together for a while because they get in a flow state together, mm-hmm. and it's just so awesome to watch them battle. Yeah. Compared to like people who just like 
piece a crew together. <laughs> yeah. Teams versus crews. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Anyways. We'll have to uh, do more crew battles. It's been a long time. Go freestyle session 5v5. Let's go. Should we do it? It's a 5v5. I don't know. That, I think at least five of us are going. There's an over 40 battle that I want to go and enter. It's crazy that I'm entering an over 40 battle. Old ass. To... Damn. <laughs> it's crazy. thought you were just out of high school. Me too. Let's see what time we at. We're at a minute and or an hour. <laughs> One minute, ladies and gentlemen. An hour. Damn. And eight minutes. Damn. Do you want to keep going? Do you How do you go feel, white boy? Sleep. I feel great. I feel like we covered a lot of. And cool you ground. you spit some hella knowledge, honestly. Yeah. But it awesome. is ten fifteen. I do have to get going. But I do want to ask you one question. Do you have any other questions for him? No. Go ahead. What, oh, no. Alex White Boy, is the meaning of life to you? Oh, shit. The meaning of life, I, I mean, I'm just going to say that because you all already know that 42 is the meaning, I can't get any better than that, but I'm going to just throw something new out there because you've yeah, probably yeah. heard that before. Um, the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. Whew. I've been I've been actually thinking about that one a lot recently. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That that might be the most subtle undertone we get today. Um, but <laughs> I think that for me, like, I I see so many people, especially like I think I think young people, like in kids, like they're kind of a microcosm of the whole world, right? Like you can see the whole world based on like what the kids are doing or like where the kids are at um and like because i'm lucky enough to work with a lot of kids like i i just i just get to like see so much beauty and so much fucked up shit (laughs) um and and it's awesome because it gives you so much perspective but i do think that like there's so many people are so lost um and I, and I don't even say that in like a disparaging or negative way. I just think like, like a lot of people, like they, they don't have like a struggle. They don't have like a, a purpose. Like it's one thing if you're like in a hunter gatherer tribe and you like have to go gather water and bring it back or else everyone's going to die. Right. Like that's like hella purpose. Yeah. And like you can, I think you can be really strong and solid and and live in that but but these days like especially like you know where we live in middle america like not a lot of people have a struggle like that which is awesome because then you have more freedom to like choose but the menu is just so vast mm-hmm. there's so many things that you can do and there's so many things that are so interesting and so awesome and so consuming and so easy that it's so it's so easy to get sucked in by these things you know whether that's like tv shows or video games or you know whatever it is the 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 awesome thing that just came out from the company that spent 10 billion dollars developing it to be the most interesting thing the most stimulating thing that you could possibly imagine like 
and there's almost like no competing against that stuff mm-hmm. um but the reason that i love movement so much um for me it's breaking but like any movement you know like i see it in 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 circus i see it in tricking i see it in other martial arts and and i think it's so powerful because you you not only get the sense of community which you can get in any non-movement mm-hmm. space as well um so you get the community you get the passion and the drive for something which i think is like so critical but again you can have that playing smash right um so you get community you get passion which gives you some direction but then you get the embodiment right and i think like there's something about like our connection like our mind and our body is one and our body thinks and our mind moves and like there's so much there's so much there that is not understood but so critical and i just see like when you have embodied people whether it's kids or adults but like especially you see it in kids and you have this connection to community and this direction and passion and then there's a level of embodiment there whether you're playing soccer or doing jujitsu or head dancing like we do mm. there there's just like there's so much wellness and when i say wellness i don't just mean like physical wellness but like mental spiritual social like so much wellness and like joy that comes of that um that i think it's like it's not something that we can like i i don't think we can say like oh if you know if you don't want to be in your body that's okay like it's okay to just like do do something that's all mind oriented because i don't i think then you're separating the mind and the body okay so yeah. i think that like <laughs> I, I guess if i was to wrap that up and like what is the meaning of life it's like to to use our our body which includes and encapsulates our mind to use our body to um to navigate these social passion direction mm-hmm. experiences and 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 experience um experience as in like outside of ourselves um okay. with whatever that is but but not letting the body slip away with all of the potential that the world's throwing at us for that to happen um keeping that held close damn that's a long answer but i love it <laughs> that's a great answer yeah I, I love it it's a very philosophical answer it's beautiful man I like it. Well, cool. Um, do you want to shout out anything? Do you have anything else you want to say? I feel like I just talked way too much. No, you didn't. Um, no, you that's were awesome. Totally that's, fine. That's what we're here for. I guess the. I mean, shout out to to my crews, to the Blow Up Kings, yeah. Worm Tank, Worm Tank, um, Doom Squad, whatever we're gonna end up naming that crew. That's, <laughs> that's a new one in the oven right now. Oh snap! Um, and. Uh, yeah i guess like last thing that we didn't touch on is just like shout out to feet because your feet are your foundation that's Shh. all i'm gonna say feet are <laughs> our foundation treat them well nice shoes <laughs> nice socks wash them take a clip, walk barefoot clip, clip feel your, the earth get feel, connected exactly clip your toenails <laughs> shave your toes, wax them, whatever. You <laughs> shave, shave your feet. Put, put in that footwork. <laughs> Literally, make put sure, in that footwork. Make sure your feet get tanned too. Cool. 
right. Cool. Well, well thank you, up. everybody, once again. And thank you, White Boy, for sharing that knowledge and your time. Um, if you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and share. It helps get this podcast out so we can keep it going. Um, tell your mother. Tell your father. Tell your brother. Tell your sister. Tell your crews. Tell your aunts. <laughs> your uncles. Cousins, your dog, even <laughs> your baby's mama, your, your baby's, baby's mama, mama, baby's mama's mama. That's right. Okay, later, everyone. Later.